Welcome back to Registered Voters Only. I'm Christian. I'm John. We're back after a short hiatus. Very, very, very brief. I, yeah. Only two years. Of course. But we've had two years of, of Trump to live under. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's very newsworthy. So. It, it seems like it, things happen so fast. You know, I, I was starting, I was trying to get out there, get a job, and start working and everything. And while I'm doing all that, the world seems to have exploded around it, around us. It kind of has. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm starting up my doctorate, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, I, I'm afraid to work on it in a world that's, just like, so, so, so chaotic. <laughs> so chaotic. You know, is it, is it really worth yeah. it? Is it really worth it to go to school another four years for a doctorate in, in this kind of political climate? I don't know. We're going to find out. In, in Trump's America? In Trump's America. I like Trump's America. All right. Ish, sort of. We... I don't think we're going to go back and like try to cover the past two years of Trump's America. No, I think most people know, actually, because <laughs> really any any news organization and comedy and if you turn on your TV or listen to any kind of media at all, you probably know something about what's going on. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a nonstop drumbeat. Yeah. What do you what do you think? Do you think? Do you remember it being the same way under Bush? Was it the same sort of it, I don't, high pitch fervor? And I mean, so we were kind of youngish under Bush, but I don't, I don't remember it being like this. Um, I I feel like it's like a daily conversation that you can have like anyone now, like oh uh, blah blah blah, something about Trump, and like there's there's a conversation you can have instead of just people going like dead, glassy, watery eyed. You know, whenever you talk to them about politics, like and I'm talking about the general public, right. you know, like, and people, you know, I I kind of have a theory about this, and it's the it's that the federal government, because under Obama, the right definitely had their moment of crazy, I think, a fever pitch kind of crazy, but they don't seem to control uh, the media in the same way, uh, so it doesn't permeate culture, is what my guess would be. I think you're right. Does that sound right? I, yeah. um, and I think people are getting so worked up over politics because politics since, I would say, the 50s has just expanded to encompass more and more of our daily lives, as opposed to it being something that's out there doing stuff, you know, that doesn't really affect us. It's changing the way we see our doctors. It's changing everything about our lives. I mean, that's true. Like, literally, and this, it's not just like, you know, Trump's thing. I mean... People really felt it when Obamacare got passed, right? You had suddenly you were required to have insurance. Like that's that's something that actually affects you. Like you can feel right. effects. Yeah, you're you're right. It's it's not. I, mean, I would say I would say with the institution of the federal income tax is when we really start getting this sort of pervasiveness. But it's really seemed to have ramped up, especially under Trump. I th- yeah, I think you're right. And the most, I think we'll just go right into our, our first topic, which the most important, probably, side effect of Trump becoming president is that he's going to get to put, likely, three Supreme Court justices on the bench. Yeah. I mean, we, we all know Ginsburg is, is a little on the older side. Uh, it, it, it does become kind of like a morbid death watch, I guess. Yeah. But how, how long does she have? Which either to retirement or till death? Which would I mean, really, when Scalia kicked it, that's that surprised me more. Is that he, you know, Ginsburg out? He was him. relatively young. Like, relative for a Supreme Court justice, you know, not. I mean, hey, if 
if Ginsburg outlives Trump's term, that would be very impressive. Yeah, I don't think that's really going to happen, though. That's that's a little so, too much miracle. So, so right now, Trump's Supreme Court count is up to two, right? Yep. Or he's about to put he's about to put his second person on the bench. Right. Just for perspective, George Bush's total term in office both years he only got to put two people on the bench obama same thing two people i i guess his third got blocked by the republicans at the end there uh because they'd controlled congress and we'll talk about that in a minute trump in two years has been able to put two people on the bench of his first term you know like his first term i mean i mean the guy is you know, think what you will about him. I, I think he's a bit of an idiot, but he's lucky. He he's definitely he's definitely lucky. Um, and you know, from the current political climate, people might not like think this, but I actually think he's gonna live out the full two terms. He's gonna. He's, you think he's gonna I, get a second? Term. I think he's gonna get the second term. And I'm thinking we're talking up to four justices. I that's that's my if I was a betting man, and I really, really? wanted to bet you on you put money on that. I would put money on four justices for Trump. Okay. Yeah. Well, in that case, so once we get to four justices that Trump puts up, we would have probably what would that make it? Right now, it's a five-four split. He puts on another a third, and that becomes a six-three split. Six conservatives, three liberals, and then seven-two split. There would be yeah, no more well, liberals on the Supreme Court. I don't Court. know. I think, uh, I think his last one will probably end up replacing a uh, one of the conservative, already conservative justices. Oh, um, I see. You know, and, but the thing is, it's probably going to be a young person, which means that, and I'm sure this one's going to be a younger person too, like the current one, uh, right? That he's going to replace, which means that we're going to be feeling the effects of the Trump presidency. For decades to come. I mean, two two generations. Yeah. It's going to be 30 to 50 years of a Trump Supreme Court. Like, no doubt. No doubt. So, this is why voting in every election is important. Right. So, uh, anyone who didn't right. turn out to vote, you know, for... Uh, for for this, this last is your fault. That's what we're saying. This is your fault. This is your fault. And you know, you know, fault isn't necessarily a bad thing. If you wanted this to happen, um, well, and the Republicans, you know. def- this was the entire like. Anytime I talked to anybody who was voting for Trump or hyped to vote for Trump, they would always say, "Yeah, Trump might be a bit of a doofus, but he's going to get Supreme Court nominees." That's true. Like the Republicans, almost in mass, seem to have that line is what kept them voting for Trump, even after all the. the insane primary yeah and, and you know not just like at the voter level but it actually like melded the party together at the end um yeah you know like where they the, the elites the the congress people the congress republicans they came together and were like you know what we just need to get the supreme court yeah and that's what's happening that's that's exactly what's happening uh, so do you think we're gonna actually gonna see so once you know trump has this court i mean after kennedy's gone trump pretty much has it stacked and I think there's a conspiracy theory that John Roberts has pretty much given Kennedy and, like, told him, like, it's going to be okay. I'll become the the swing. So that really? way the balance on the court is pretty much the same, which is an interesting idea. I don't know how true that is. John because, Roberts. Uh, 
is he? I think he's been pretty conservative. Yeah, he. I mean, there was that one but thing he did for. You got to the... remember that Kennedy has upheld uh, Roe v. Wade. That's true. And he's also he's also the one who who basically made gay marriage happen and in I, Ober, Oberfield. I don't think John Roberts would uphold Roe v. Wade. I, I don't see that happening. Well, the, the theory is that Roberts has given Kennedy his word that he would uphold basically his legacy. Because you could see Kennedy leaving, and then all of a sudden the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, and maybe even uh, the gay marriage decision. And, you know, like, you would... Okay, so you would think that, like, the word of a Supreme Court justice might mean something, but I would I would argue it... No. I don't, I don't think so. I, I think... So you, I don't think... I don't think the conspiracy theory holds water. I don't think John Roberts, like... I mean, obviously something had to make Kennedy leave, um... Right. I don't think that was. It. I don't know what it is. I actually don't. Well, I mean, been... some people have also said that you know Gorsuch was uh, a clerk under Kennedy, so some people have said that like Trump has given Kennedy a bunch of assurances that he would replace him with someone that Kennedy would approve of. Yeah, but that's, basically, that's, that's even more unlikely. Like a Trump assurance, <laughs> a Trump assurance is 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 right. a tough. That's a tough like deal. You, know, I think it is is um, I what I suspect, and I haven't like. I haven't gone down, you know, the list of upcoming cases, but I suspect there's something in the pipeline that Kennedy does not want to deal with, which, um, you know, in the current political climate, I totally get not wanting to make decisions for any case, but being the swing vote for some major case and having to make that decision, probably not a fun thing, like something that might affect his legacy. That's right. what I think. That, that's what I think well, drove him away. So. There was the um... all right. So with your conspiracy theory, there might be something to that. I think Kennedy had a decision. Uh, this last round of decisions that came out, it was a Wisconsin gerrymandering case, where this even has history back to an earlier decision where they were trying to decide on this gerrymandering issue. For those of you who don't know, gerrymandering is where a state legislature takes the voting map of your state and draws all the districts in such a way as to make sure that their party stays in power the longest. So this is done in a, in a bunch of different ways, mostly referred to as packing and cracking. You either pack a district filled with your people so that you're it's 100% you're going to win it, or you crack a district of your opponent to spread them out evenly so that you win by a very small small majority. Right to waste the other team, the other team's votes. In the earlier decision, the court basically decided, and Kennedy, I believe, wrote the wrote the opinion, or in his opinion that he wrote, he said, "I have not seen in this case a metric by which we could decide that a that a district has been gerrymandered for political reasons." And he also said, I'm not saying I don't believe there is one that could be used in a legal setting. I just haven't seen it yet. Which basically told all the activists, organizations, hey, there's something out there that we could come up with that would convince this guy to make gerrymandering for political purposes illegal. Right. And I, I think, I mean, you, you, I hadn't really heard that much about this, uh, this Wisconsin thing until you brought it up to me, like, a little earlier. And I, it kind of, it kind of got me thinking, you know, trying to find that metric has some kind of, kind of dark implications because, if you do agree on a metric, right, mm-hmm. and 
and, and and then you decide that that metric is valid and you legislate it whether it's from the Supreme Court or you know the legislature actually does like this like the, the federal legislature actually does something right with that metric um you you end up having to follow now a metric that's like the, the, the way we've been doing it for a long time is just kind of well the states can kind of draw lines and then you know some ports will look at the lines and make sure they're not like too racist or too like right too racist is a big one <laughs> racist is a big one and it's it's one that they usually use it it's it's actually like a is it one of the just one of the the, the higher federal courts or is it the supreme court that actually turns down I know a lot of southern generally states. Generally, it's like a generally it's a it's a district or appellate court, but sometimes it can go to the Supreme Court. Okay. These the racial lines right. ones, but those are generally tr- um, brought up under like the Civil Rights Voting Act, right? Um, as opposed to like a greater constitutional. And and you men- you problem. mentioned that you know the whole point of gerrymandering, right, is to try and kind of like waste your opponents opponents votes right and and so well this wisconsin case so there was the earlier case where kennedy basically said i want a metric to be able to rule on and so this case comes up and all the activist organizations basically look for what they think is the perfect test case to try to get this to the supreme court and they find this one guy in the state of wisconsin and wisconsin is mostly regarded as one of the heaviest gerrymandered states in the country um you have what economists have come up with or political scientists and economists have come up with what's called the efficiency gap which basically says how efficiently you use your votes versus how efficiently could you get your opponent to waste their votes so how many wasted votes does your opponent have versus how many districts that you basically get like a 51 percent win by so you want to be sure that you're winning by 51 percent so that you don't waste any votes and you get your opponent to lose to to basically put all their votes in one district so that they have districts with like a hundred percent of the vote, which means that forty nine percent of that is being wasted. Um, this yeah. efficiency gap is brought up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, in a decision written by Kennedy, basic or John Roberts, John Roberts actually wrote the decision. Kennedy signed on to it. Basically, just they punted it back to the district court under technical reasons they basically said that the one guy who was suing did not have standing to sue for the entire state of wisconsin and instead he had to sue for his one district which is like it's kind of it's, they it's, just wanted to get rid of it they just wanted to get rid of it and for some reason like and this is where like i get we get back to my, my little conspiracy i for some reason it's i think i guess then this is the case that Kennedy doesn't want to make a decision on because that's a really like spurious like way to kick back a case. It, it's right. It, I mean, it, there's I, there's like a there's a fine line in there where like you know you can kind of argue like oh yeah that that makes sense, but not not really. I don't see why you couldn't expand this to the other districts in Wisconsin. So you know, yeah, yeah. It, it seems. I don't, I don't know why he wouldn't want to take it, but this is twice now and see, that that's, he's bounced it back. That's a, a, and the fact that he retires, and things, Kennedy's not like, I mean, he's not a young guy. But again, on the average age of Supreme Court justices' history, not, <laughs> he's not exactly an older guy, right? <laughs> right. He's retiring. He's not dying, yeah. which kind of says a lot. Right. Yeah, that does say a about lot. About Supreme Court justices. Yeah. Um, so he, either he's comfortable with Trump 
picking his replacement, there's something he doesn't want to vote on, or he's been given assurances maybe by one of the other justices that they'll become the swing vote for him. I mean, who knows? I, um, but there's something that makes him feel comfortable retiring under Trump. And again, this is the guy that voted for gay marriage. He voted, you know, he voted for he he upheld Roe v. Wade. I mean, he he has a lot of conservative. I mean, he also voted for the religious freedom case with the cake baking. Oh couple. yeah. So I mean, you know, he has a lot of conservative uh, leanings, but there's also a lot of liberal there that you'd think being the guy that makes gay marriage happen in the country you think he wouldn't want to get that off of his legacy you know it, it almost seems like he's like a proper non-political justice because like his his views are all over the place you know his decisions like <laughs> right right you know you can't because a lot of the times you look at you pick an individual off the street and if you know one of their viewpoints on any of these hot button things you know like the other 200 all of them. like yeah, yeah exactly um for which is something we'll have to talk about one of these days because that's a really bizarre that's another episode thing. and it's a new phenomenon too yeah but but um anyway so that's the supreme court there's a lot of like drama going on there there is a short list i don't know if it's worth it going over it we'll cover it once one's picked um but if we want to move on actually well before before we do that i want i want to oh, okay, i want to say that I think this this Wisconsin thing is the reason that that Kennedy is retiring. I don't I don't think it's like Trump's assurances about putting in a, a fair justice or anything like that. I think it's this Wisconsin thing. I think it's really suspicious, and I think that the Supreme Court is about to legislate from the bench and completely no. overhaul our our voting system by like doing something insane by taking one of these metrics and like just. Maybe getting rid of districts and just making things popular oh vote gosh. based, doing doing almost or maybe doing almost like a parliament thing. Just take all the votes from the state, and uh, you vote you vote for parties. Right. But they, they how could the Supreme Court do that when most of them are conservatives now? That's 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 a good. That's they're a good not they're not going to want to legislate from the bench, and like that's a whole other argument that I guess we can get into. It's like personally. Uh, it doesn't matter where I fall on a particular issue. I think the Supreme Court mandating that to the entire country is a net negative for any issue you're trying to push. I don't know. I, so I, I think that for ev even for even for like gay marriage, I think it's like or Roe v. Wade. I think you create a backlash that's probably not, and maybe it won't happen in gay marriage. The the populist public opinion has seemed to swap very rapidly but abortion remains very contentious and doing it without a legislative push and instead with just six people deciding exactly what the policy is going to be for the entire country seems insane to me i don't know to me though it doesn't seem that insane in fact i think that moving toward a system where we have a lot of power concentrated in a small number of people isn't so bad because i mean really like and you look oh you gosh. look at our legislature and they don't they don't want to do anything and it's one of the what's well, one of the failings of, a, of an election system but you know not not to say necessarily that we need like a dictator but maybe like a council of dictators like uh the supreme no, court no 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 this is you, you this know. is a terrible idea <laughs> the supreme court should just be there to read the laws and apply them, interpret them, and say, like, this is what was written. If it needs to be changed, then it needs to go to the legislature. And the legislature needs to get off their their ass and start doing something. Yeah, yeah, but um, 
I, I think you can't, you like, eventually, you reach the point where that system does not work in a system where your officials are elected. Because because no our officials have always been elected. Like that's an insane proposition. Our Congress has done stuff, but our, and our officials have always been elected. Uh, okay, I mean our legislature. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably gonna have to be like another episode. But you know, okay. should our officials we'll be just... elected? Probably, oh, but man. you know, we'll... John's got John's got real hot takes we'll, about we'll, this, we'll get, this crap. We'll get there. He's like, let's just let's just throw representative government in the trash. We'll just leave the Supreme Court as the only rulemaking body in the country. I think I think that's where we're headed with this Wisconsin thing. You know, it could, oh man, let's not. Well, okay, let, let me let me say this. What if hypothetically okay. you take some incredibly specific? Uh, voting issue that becomes a, a suit, becomes some sort of lawsuit, a case that goes to the Supreme right. Court. Can't the Supreme Court do something like legislate from the bench a complete overhaul of our political system? Can they legislate something like we shouldn't have presidents anymore? Or something insane? And you'd have to... I mean, they, they like very clearly couldn't do that. Like, the president is an office outlined in the Constitution, right? And, like, at the end of the day, it's a small building in Washington with, like, nine people on it. There's no army backing it up. Like, basically, if they try to restrict Trump or the legislature, they're going to... That's going to happen off of basically Trump's good graces. All right. Fair enough. So, what you're trying to tell me is that, really, we should just have one supreme leader... No, who, that's not who has, who has all of their power. Based, in fact, I'm going to edit this out of the podcast. The military, the, the military is all the, okay. No, we should stop. Moving on to immigration. All right, so immigration is the other the other hot ticket item. Oh man, very hot, super super hot ticket. Putting kids in prison. Or something. I mean, hey, we're we're throwing kids in in cages away from their parents. It just seems which, all around bad. Which honestly, me. if you look at the pictures, not not really cages. It's, more like you know. Well, okay, there's the childcare centers, right, which look fine. They look nice. But then at the border, they are separating, and the immediate detention centers are cages. Okay, yeah, but again... So there is, like, a difference there, but, like, separating the children from asylum seekers seems insane to me. And you're going to have to explain not, why it isn't not, insane. Not that insane, because I feel like... Until you become a citizen, or at least like reach some like you know legal status, you know green card, permanent mm-hmm. residency, something like that. Um, I mean, you don't you don't have any rights here in America, like at all. Well, yeah, but we've agreed to like certain human rights for asylum seekers at the UN. Like, we're not supposed to be doing this to asylum seekers. Yeah, but I mean, the U the UN. The things that the UN does, a person, in my opinion, about the UN is not. Uh, it, it's I. I don't. I don't think they have any teeth. I don't think we should follow anything they say. And okay. Well. Now, okay. Well, we should like follow some human rights things. And separating small children from parents is no bueno. Okay. okay all, all right. So. Yeah. Yes. Sort of. Um, sort of. Like I. I think that. You, you, you do. I, th- I think I think Trump is getting like a really harsh rap on on it, like anything that he does. Because I mean, if you go, if you think back to the 2014 migrant crisis that Obama was president under, like there were a lot of pictures of children in cages. Oh yeah. 
I think those children were unaccompanied, so they weren't being separated from their parents. But there was a whole court case about it saying that, like, because there's some 90s law on the books for Congress saying that in order to fight child trafficking, anytime a child was apprehended uh, coming across the border with an adult, that they had to be separated until it could be basically some court decision could be made, right? And it was to prevent child trafficking. Um, there, I think Obama was putting parents and children in the cells together in order to get around that, uh, brought up to a lawsuit, and I think the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals basically said, no, you have to, you have to se- separate them. So instead of separating them, Obama decided to just let them out into America and give them a court date that they, quote-unquote, had to show up for. Which... Uh, I don't I don't have any numbers or I don't know, even know if there are numbers, but obviously that would be a low. Um... I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure we could find numbers. I mean, OK, m- maybe we could. But I my suspicion is that there are not many people who should have heard of it. Well, even if that is the case, that seems to be how the president's hands are tied if he wants to maintain a humane policy until oh look we're at it again the legislature fixes something because it's the legislature's law that the courts are trying to uphold yeah so and so now we're at it again where i think there were like multiple immigration bills that like came up but like didn't go anywhere and then trump basically has to sign an executive order saying okay well let's put the children with the parents in a jail cell together and now oh look we're back at the courts and they're going to tell them no you can't do that right. and, and so now what do you do and once again a a toothless not actually not toothless but just um pointless and scared and useless legislation has to be you know coddled in the corner while you know actual federal agencies um do their job like the president and the court so oh man so we're at like the legislature of our country being completely worthless and this is with mind you this is with republicans having end-to-end control of the system oh yeah republicans have control of the senate they have control of the house and they don't have a filibuster proof majority but Come come on, there has to be something that can happen. Here. Also, control the Supreme Court, basically. Not that like, yeah, but now, vir- now, virtually, they they, they do. So, um, anyways, if you go to the website, by the time this is up, there should be some. I'll have a deeper article on what I think should be done about immigration. I think these issues go far, way farther back, and have much deeper issues and probably easier fixes. I think my article is also forthcoming. All right. It won't be won't be quite as quick, but it's 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 coming. It's gonna be kind of lengthy, but just uh, for any of you any of you guys who are who are listeners but not readers, I, I totally get it. This, this is gonna be kind of a long one. Uh, All right. So I think we wanted to cover like two other smaller issues. One was uh, Kim Jong Un. Oh yes. Uh, I, I had a good time watching the summit. You know, you had Dennis Rodman with his like pot coin shirt i mean like what universe did we land in yeah and you know like there there are those people out there who are like what what happened what happened to like the world where this this where like some like old basketball celebrity you know <laughs> becomes friends with like a north korean dictator with nuclear weapons and organizes and gets 
the president of the United, of the States. United States together with the dictator and then gets on CNN and has like a 15 minute episode where he like cries and is wearing a shirt that is peddling some marijuana cryptocurrency. Oh yeah, yeah, the marijuana bitcoin. I mean, yeah, that... it was this this season of America has been pretty great. But I think that's a step too far. The writers have really jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, right? The the reality writers are, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mean, what came what what came of the the summit? Um, well, Kim Jong Un got to stand next to the leader of the free world. There's some implications there, um, uh... mostly about how he gets to. I mean. You, you put them in a picture together and it's like, oh, these are two leaders. It's official. So can I like, can we go ahead and like label, like, or would you call yourself a Trump supporter? That's that's such a hard, that, that, okay, that's such a hard question to answer. That is like a virtually impossible question to answer like in the time span that we have for this podcast. Okay, okay. But you would say any rational person should not have supported that summit. I I I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Really? I don't know if you I could... still even even if even because Kim Jong Un just this morning I think the U.S. came out with a report saying, "Hey, they're still making a ton of nukes." Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. So I, I and I'm digging here, but some mm-hmm. some part of me wants to think that just like on the the feel goods level, um, yeah, the president. Or you know the leader of the free world. Let's just be real, right? Okay, the leader of the free okay. world meeting with like the uh, the most dangerous dictator. The leader of the imprisoned world. Leader of the imprisoned world. That's a good. Let's go with that. I like that. We'll coin it. Okay. Leader of the free world meeting with the leader of the imprisoned world and not like clawing out each other's throats. There's something there. Like okay, we can be civil even though it's a very uncivil situation. Um, but like, does he deserve the civilness? I mean, how many of his he's running a country that is essentially a gulag? I mean, just after that, I think the news came out that Kim Jong Un fire like basically murdered one of his generals with a firing squad. I I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I didn't personally hear about that, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure on the day of the summit, there were many murders that happened in North Korea at his beck and call. But. Um, that's what I'm saying. So, like, did he deserve it? And then, like, if we are going to give that up, we seem to have gotten nothing for it. I don't know about that. And and here's here's why. Um, okay. Be, because, uh, you know, you, you can say that, yeah, we, we, like, lost this, other than that, like, minuscule feel-good thing that I was talking about, which is really basically nothing. Right, right. That, I mean, it's... I, 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 can, I can self-reflect. It's basically meaningless. Um, okay. But... I think that uh, there's a chance the uh, the DOD and Trump had some information that we didn't have. Uh, we already know that North Korea can and has launched uh, long-range missiles. Right. And we know with a 99% certainty that they have functional nuclear weapons. Um, but we also know that they imploded their nuclear test site. We... There, there was actually some fuzziness in, in that, in that thing. Is there really? Yeah, I thought that was. That I don't was solid. think that. I don't know if that was as solid as uh, we were led to believe. Like they blew up something, like they blew up some uh-huh. kind of 
underground facility. A mountain caved in. A mountain caved that was in. And, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, and not, not like, you know, Daily Mail Inquirer rumblings, but I mean, like, CNN. Um, right. Saying, like, well, you know, they didn't really, they, they showed it to a bunch of journalists. They didn't have, like, mm. a ton of engineers and, like, UN inspectors or anything. They just had a bunch of journalists. The press showed up to uh okay which whether or not journalists can you know determine that like yes this was like their nuclear site or whether they can so then the question is was that like intentionally imploded to like basically bring trump to the table saying like oh i'm at a point of weakness and then like the minute the summit's over like oh let's start just make pumping out those nukes again i i think so um okay which in which case we probably lost even Okay, so here's 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 good. my thing. E- uh-huh. Even if the 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 dubious site was a real site, I don't think they would have given up like all their research and stuff. Um, making right. like a rudimentary nuclear weapon, uh, which me and you have chemistry degrees, is is difficult, but not so mm-hmm. not so difficult for like a state actor. Uh, right. It, it's ba- at this point in time. It's basically: Do you have enough money? Yeah, exactly. To like sustain it, the, the research program. Which, if, if there was any country that might not have that money, it's North Korea. But it's still functioning. Okay, the word "functioning" is is is, do, is tough there. But it, it's a state. China, China's propping it's them up. China, China's propping. China them. still sends them. They yeah. trade. Right. They still trade. They have. There's there's income. Yeah. There's state income there. So. I don't think there was ever a point where we could have permanently gotten rid of their nuclear program. Ever. Uh, it was only a matter of time. Like, I mean, it could be five, ten years from now. But So what do we do to open them up to market forces? Because that seems to have, like, actually worked wonders in China. China I, still has their problems. I like, think maybe we shouldn't have opened up to them. But they are, like, at least playing on the same terms as everyone else. I think the first step is meeting with a world leader. And I think that's what we did. Okay. Um... I, I, so you're like full on like you think that this was like a Nixon goes to China. Moment. I think this was a Nixon goes to China moment. I and it wasn't as successful, not even close. Not even a little. Not even a little I mean, bit. But it it was it was the the very first step, and it's there's there's no other way. There's no other way to like open up the relation without also legi- legitimizing Kim Jong Un in some way. Like no matter how you right. look at it, but like. From an American first perspective, what is the point of opening up relations with them? I think the point is to not end up with nukes, uh, North Korean nukes in California. I think that's the point. I mean, I guess that makes and, sense. And, I guess, and it you could know, be... China, China, at this point, China can't attack us because we're their biggest customer. Exactly. And I guess that makes sense. And China doesn't want North Korea to attack the U.S., but I think Kim Jong-un has, is, is a little bit off the chain. He's kind of he's kind of like a, you know, North Korean Donald Trump. He he he, uh, right. he is actually crazy enough to maybe do that, or maybe not him. You know, there are people who are like, oh no, it's like his direct like underlings that are kind of like pushing him. But either way, it's the same thing. Like, there's right a, North Korea itself. North Korea the risk is there. North Korea has the nuclear capabilities to hit Alaska, even if they disable the program today, five ten years. You know, it's like the Iran thing, like. The, bo- yeah, the, exactly. the genie is out of the bottle. Nuclear programs have started. It's just a matter of time thing. Um, so then here's my other question. Do you think the summit would have happened whether it was Trump or not? 
I think like if Clinton I think was so. there, do you think the summit I still think, would have happened? I think if it was Hillary Clinton, the summit was going to happen. And I don't know if it would have still happened this year, but I think it would have still happened during like the first term. Uh, hmm. That just because of the demonstrated, because I think it was early in Trump's presidency they demonstrated the ability of long long range nuclear right. missiles. And I think it just took a long time to get the gears turning to like meet with someone like Kim Jong Un, which I don't think was an easy easy thing to do. Um, I mean, it took took calling in Dennis Rodman. Yeah, they had to call in <laughs> Dennis Rodman to uh, t- to officiate the meeting. Uh, but it is interesting to think, you know, if Clinton was in office, North Korea is sitting there with this nuclear capability. It might be better to just open up our economy entirely and make them interdependent, just like we did with China. I can see right. that line. And of I don't think. I, I mean, since it's just a matter of time for them like their nuclear capabilities is just a matter of time it was just a matter of time with us having to have a summit um to you know Mm. to deal with it you know whether it happened before the nukes hit california or you know it happened at the the first stages or the first time they sent a a dummy nuke into uh into the bay area or whatever right Uh, right that kind of you know there's there's a time there's a time frame both of those things I mean, you, yeah, both you actually, I, I was, I was like pretty negative on the summit, but you actually presented some good. Yeah, you kind of turned me around on exactly. it a little bit. And so, I don't know if I'm the, fully the there only, yet. And like, the not really... only, my thing is the only thing you can argue about is the timing. You know, do you did you want to have the summit when they finished the nuke, when it hit, when they got more, right. when they got more testing done, when they hit Japan, what, what whatever. Mm. Like you, you can argue about the timing. But it was going to happen. Yeah. It was going to happen. Uh, it was going to happen. My, my thing is going to happen the first term. Definitely the first you know, within the presidency, you know, the two term presidency for sure. Of this presidency. Of this presidency. Whoever it was. For sure. Like that okay. money that I put my money there. I, I, yeah. I can see that. All right. We have one more issue on the docket. And oh, it's, yeah. it's the socialists. The, the socialists are at it again. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like that you said socialist there because despite my i you know how earlier i said i i wasn't sure if i like trump but right you know i i do i do lean a little a little trump i do okay but <laughs> i i like i like socialists i like them i like this lady well what do you what do you what do you think of the the new york candidate for house of representatives you mean uh, alexandria I think her name is ocasio cortez that's right yeah. alexandria ocasio cortez she just seems to be everywhere in the news right now, or at least in my Twitter feed. You know, I think that's because there was some uh, establishment upset there, just like with Trump. And this is... Right. So, so yeah, what happens here is that th- there's this district in New York that is so safe for Democrats. I think um, the guy, Joseph Crowley, I think his name is, has been in that district for the past, since 2004. Yeah. Is that right? Or has it I been longer? I think... I think that's right. It's been a long time. Uh, the point is, it's been a long time. Joseph Crowley has been there a while. Right. Oh, no, no. It's been longer. She was just the first person to challenge him in the Democratic primary since 2004. Oh, wow. That's uh... So this guy was, you know, he was the Democratic caucus chair, or still is. He was in line to be the minority leader after Pelosi. Like, this guy is connected in with all the right people. This girl, Alexandra, she just comes out and 
you know, she has worked in campaigns. I think she worked in the Bernie Sanders campaign. She's done some other political volunteer type work. But her last job before campaigning was bartender. Right. And like, let's let's be like totally clear here. This Joseph Crowley guy, if you're a Democrat and you you're you're liberal, he was a good guy for you. You know, he he was very supportive of like you know, healthcare and immigration issues that were you know, right. He wanted to, uh, he, you know, he he was he was pro immigration. He loved the Affordable Care Act. Um, he he was I mean he was a he was a hardline just Democrat. I would even say like yeah, he's just party, slight, party slightly left party guy. slightly left Democrat like not even like you know a New York Democrat a New York Democrat he was and he yeah. okay so this was in New York's fourteenth con- congressional district yeah um I think there were some like the wins we should have like the news media the people who cover this should have caught on to it I think. Um, this district has been under like a lot of demographic change. It's now majority minority uh, since a couple years ago, I think. But after the last ele- his last election, she kind of just came in. It was a weird election. Like it was on, you know, it was in the middle of summer. It's not on like a normal election day. Uh, it was like a kind of standard Democratic primary. There's just the turnout was ridiculously low. And so, you know, she's this Hispanic young woman and comes in, does the canvassing, gets all of the people riled up, pulls in a pretty good Hispanic turnout and wins. I mean, it seems kind of clear cut to me. Yeah. The path to victory. And and not just that, like, I mean, yeah, the demographic changes for sure. But I I feel like there's like, and this is just like this district, but I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, whenever, whenever Trump got elected, like that there's like this huge like anger release that came from like the conservative base which was just oh, like yes. like yes we got like we we put our guy into the establishment like this complete complete the most outsider trump trump is a middle finger incarnate yeah trump is a middle finger from the conservative base to not just from rural america yeah, basically from rural america not and not just to the democrats but but to the conservatives, to the world, to the world more broadly, to the world. Yeah, actually, you know what? You're right. To the world, um, and I think this is like a microcosm of the Democrats the not getting feeling. that, and not just getting not getting that like from the presidency, but not getting that from you know like the the, the primaries. Like uh, the fact that they 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 don't even see it in their own party. Like the fact that I think they still think they're unified just because they're the minority party now. It's easier to feel unified. Yeah, you know I th- I think um, I think you're right. I think that there there's a divide not just in the conservative party, which is pretty clear from Trump getting elected. Right. There's there's a divide in the Democrat party that that kind of was exemplified by Bernie Sanders. And I actually don't think they're different divides. Like, I think there's just a new cross-section of America that is showing up, right? And it's showing up in both parties because that cross-section is basically... I think, I think you know, as, as much as the Democrats and even the Republicans to some extent like to play this, like, demographic game with, like, all the Hispanics and, you know, black people are on one side of the aisle and all the white people are on this side, this sort of identity thing, I think those identity politics are breaking down more and more i think especially after like getting gay marriage approved and that sort of landslide of popular opinion on gay marriage 
I think that these sort of identity splits on Democrat and Republican are breaking down more into class splits, which is, seems to be a more historical, stable kind of split. I, I think you're right. And I, I think the, the it kind of muddies the waters when you consider the fact that like, you know, Trump is a super rich guy, but he, right. he, he, he but he has the support of the lower class. Yeah, he has the support of the, the lower class conservative. And I think that it was he got that support because the lower class conservatives believed they couldn't put a poorer Republican conservative in the White House, <laughs> uh, which right. is a completely valid thing. And I totally get that. I don't think that an outsider could break into the Republican establishment without the resources that Donald Trump has. Um, That's probably true. But this person, she's going to break into the House of Representatives right. without pretty much any of the Democratic and that's the thing. I don't machine think, support. I don't think that the Democrats have that same like that that same like mental thing going on. I think they I think that Democrats believe they can elect poor officials. Uh, oh well, they did exactly. They did. Uh, so you just don't think it's going to work for the presidency? I yeah, I don't think. Well, I think it would work for. A, if a if, if a Democrat could if a if a Democrat could get past the Democratic primaries, which is quite mm-hmm. a feat because I don't think the Democrat uh, those things are rigged. The Democrat the st- we've been over this before, right? But the Democrat yeah. primaries are rigged to death, and I think that yes. uh, I think that the conservative base understood that, and that's why they put Trump in there because he could just overpower it with his his cult of personality and resources right uh, right well cortez as for herself you know she supports pretty much the whole line item medic what is it medicaid for all oh, yeah. medicare for all i mean uh free college tuition i mean it's just the whole line she wants to abolish ice which is like a big a big yeah big deal. democrat moving point in like very liberal circles right now which even to me who tends to be more on the liberal side of immigration stuff getting rid of a law enforcement agency seems insane yeah, but. because I mean the thing is you'd end up having to like you just be wrapping their uh, their duties into another law enforcement agency. So it's kind of like yeah, silly. Well, either way, you know she's, she's pretty much straight ticket, kind of a Bernie Sanders, I guess. Figure Sli- slightly left. So that's interesting. Left the, of Bernie Sanders, weirdly enough. Um, yeah, I would say yeah. a little bit more left. So yeah, but. Anyway, so that's the podcast. Go ahead and check out rvopodcast.com for articles and this podcast. You can also get it anywhere, you know, iTunes podcast, anywhere podcasts are found. If you want to go ahead and rate us on iTunes, that would be great. Yeah. uh, Yeah, like and subscribe and all that that stuff. Uh, I doubt this will be on YouTube, but, you know, who knows? Uh, Maybe. All right. Until next week, weekly podcast. Weekly podcast. We'll see you next time. Shorter hiatus.